Hey, thanks for checking out this message from LifeGate Church. We hope that God uses this message to encourage you and to help you live in the freedom and purpose that Jesus has for your life. Lord God, I thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for Jackie. Thank you for um, the work that's happening in Transform. Lord, I ask that you would bless Transform and all that they do. Lord, we ask that you would also bless Jackie. Lord, we thank you that you have great plans for her and that you are using her mightily, Lord God, and that she is a great example of what a godly woman looks like. Lord, we ask that as we um, have a look at your word this morning, that you would Give me the right words to say, remind me of the things that you want me to say, Lord, and that our hearts will be ready to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, up here I have some boxes for you to have a look at. We've got this box. It says chocolates. This one that says new iPhones. And this one, useless items. If you had to choose one of these boxes to keep, which one would you keep? Would you keep the chocolates box? Put your hand up. I want to see hands. Yeah. Who would keep new iPhones? You could sell them, Hannah. (laughs) Hannah just said, what do I do with a box of new iPhones? And Christy and I both said, you sell them, Hannah. Make money. Or who would like the useless items box? Rebecca... Colin, Annabelle, interesting, interesting. All right. Now, sometimes in life, just like these boxes I've got here that are labelled, we also have labels. And they can be labels given to us by ourselves. We might have labelled us a certain way. They can be given by parents, siblings, other family members, teachers, coaches, peers, way back in school time for some of us. I keep on hearing how long ago it was that I was at school and being surprised. It doesn't seem that long ago. Um, Our peers can also label us or social media or society can also give us labels. Now, sometimes these labels are good. Sometimes they can be labels of being kind, caring, funny, smart, good-looking, creative. But sometimes these labels aren't so good. Sometimes they can be things like stupid, hopeless, lazy, good-for-nothing, always angry or grumpy, too loud, messy, a bad dresser, weird or just generally bad. And that's not an extensive list. You could add so many other things that we can be labelled on there. Now, here we go. Up here we have a picture of me as a child. And last time I spoke here at LifeGate, I shared that I was very shy. And so that was a label that I took on for myself. I was a shy person and I was particularly shy as a child. I didn't talk to people if they were not my friends um, at all. Like, don't even remember saying hello to people that were not my friends. I didn't put my hand up to answer questions in class, even if I knew the answer, um, particularly from me two onwards. And I 
didn't ask teachers for help. Teachers were very scary people, and I did not ask them for help, and I can't remember asking for help ever when I think back to that. So I was very shy. Now, I wasn't... Um, as a result of being shy, I was very anxious about going to school. I was anxious about going to new places. I was anxious about meeting new people as well. And so the result of that is that I tried to avoid new places, particularly if I didn't know people there, or I avoided new people if possible as well. Now, I didn't just have that label because I thought I was shy, but because other people told me I was shy. My family told me that I was shy. They said I was just like my grandma and my mum, who had also been very shy when they were younger. My school reports said I was a quiet student every year and that I needed to do, put in more effort to speak in class, which just reinforced that I was shy and I believed that label even more. And I was also told that I was not sent to school. I could have gone the year before. You know how there's that... There's a transition, you can either go when you're four turning five or you're five turning six. And I did not go in the four turning five category because I was socially immature. They were the words I was told about myself, which all linked into the being shy label that I had. Now, I have another photo for you here. Oh, which is not working at all. That's a lovely photo. That's supposed to be a photo of my school when I was a new one back in 1988. And in 1988, we had a big celebration at school and everyone had to come dressed as someone from 1788. And all the girls wore their pretty dresses. And the boys seemed to like dressing up as convicts. But if it works, oh, there's no picture at all. I came as an explorer, and I'll have to paint a picture for you of what I looked like. Oh, I'm there. There you go. That's me, dressed as an explorer, because we had learned about explorers in year one. We learned about people like Matthew Flinders, Joseph Banks. I did a project on Charles Sturt, which I can still remember. Well, I can remember that I did the project. I don't remember much about the project. So that was me, and I came dressed like that, and I came like that because I love the idea of doing something a bit adventurous. That sounded good to me. I loved hearing about the explorers. I love that they did something significant with their life, and I love that they did something that really had impacted us because we knew about Australia more as a result of what they'd done. And I wanted to be just like them. I wanted to be someone who lived a life that had adventure, and I wanted to be someone who made a difference in the lives of other people and did something that was significant. But when you are shy, you are very limited in what you can do. You're limited with the places that you go, the people that you speak to, and therefore the impact that you can have on the people around you as well. So what about you? I want you to have a think for a second. Do you have dreams or have you had dreams in the past that you haven't seen come about because of the labels that you're carrying? Think about that just for a moment. Do you ever hear about people like I did with the explorers and 
hear something significant that they've done and think, gee, I wish I was like those people. Or something stirs inside you with this idea of, that's what I want to do. Maybe not the exact same thing. I didn't really want to walk through the bush and find new places. But the idea was there. Now, our theme this year is faithful. And it means living a life that's full of faith and stepping out and trusting God and living the way that he wants us to live. But sometimes, I don't know about you, but it feels like that our labels, those not-so-good labels, can have an impact on our ability to step out in faith. Now, if that's how you feel today, then I have something I want to share with you. I'm going to share with you about six people from the Bible. And the reason I love the Bible is because it's full of real stories about real people. And these people we're going to look at today all had labels, just like we have labels or have had labels in the past. So let's have a look at the first person, who is Gideon. Now, we find Gideon in the Old Testament, and you can read about him in the book of Judges. And we find him at a time when the Israelites had been um, oppressed by the Midianite people. And the Midianite people had been stealing the food that belonged to the Israelites, so getting rid of their crops so they'd have to start all over again killing their sheep, their cattle, and their donkeys. And they'd been doing this for seven years. And they were not a small enemy that they had to face because in Judges chapter 7, verse 12, it tells us that the Midianites could no more be counted than the sand on the seashore. There were heaps of them. They were a strong enemy. And as a result, the Israelite people were crying out to God for him to help them. So you can read more We'll just look at a little bit of this story today. If you want to read more about it, it's in Judges chapter 6 and 7. We're just going to have a look now at Judges chapter 6, verse 12, and then verse 14 and 15 to find out a little bit more about Gideon. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Gideon is very kind, as our first person we're going to look at, because he has very clearly told us his label. His clan is the weakest in Manasseh. Manasseh is one of the tribes of 12 tribes of Israel, and he tells us that his clan is the weakest and that he is the least in his family. He's basically telling us, I'm a nobody. You've got the wrong person. You've gone to the wrong tribe and the wrong person in the wrong tribe. Now, if we have a look at what God says about Gideon, what his label is of Gideon, he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He's basically saying the opposite of what Gideon has said about himself. He's saying, you are someone that I'm with. I've chosen you, I'm with you, which in the Old Testament was a big deal, especially when they've been oppressed for seven years. Everyone's crying out to God for help, and God appears to Gideon. He has chosen him for a special job. And not only that, but he calls him a mighty warrior as well. So what happens at the end of this story? Does God go... That's right, sorry, wrong tribe. And then leave? No, he doesn't. Instead, he says, 
to Gideon to go out in the strength that he's been given. And he uses Gideon with only 300 men to defeat the Midianite army. It's an amazing story. I encourage you to read it if you don't know it yet. And in the process of doing all of this, Gideon learns God was with him and he was, in fact, a mighty warrior. Our next person we're going to have a look at is Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah was one of the prophets in the Old Testament. A prophet is someone who would hear from God and then give that message to the people. And he also had a label that he believed about himself. We don't know if it came from just himself or his family, but I think it may have also been a society thing as well for his particular label. So we're going to have a look at Jeremiah 1, verse 4 to 7, that says, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. O sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. So Gideon tells us, Gideon, wrong person. Jeremiah tells us his label is too young. God, you can't use me. I'm too young to do the thing that you've said. And if you read on in verse 7, God tells Jeremiah that he should not say that he is too young because he's been chosen by him for a special task to be a prophet to the nations, which you can see that that does happen. Jeremiah does listen. And there's a whole book called Jeremiah that you can read about. The next person we're going to have a look at is Esther. Now, Esther had a label which sounds quite good, really. So let's have a look and see what that was. Esther, there's a whole book on her again in the New Old Testament. Esther 2 verse 7 says, She was a beautiful young woman and had a good figure. And we know that this is something that was very significant about her because also in Esther 2 verse 15 it says, She was admired by everyone who saw her, not met her, not spent time with her, just saw her. Her label was beautiful which sounds pretty good. But has anyone seen Beauty and the Geek? Anyone? Some people? Beauty and the Geek, the whole point of it is really to reinforce, kind of reinforces, they try to break it, but it really often reinforces the idea that beautiful people are beautiful and not much else, and the geeks are the smart ones. Now, Our society has this view as well, often. The beautiful people are there to be beautiful. They don't do a lot else. But God knew Esther's heart and he made her and put her at a particular time in society and in life where she was used by God to rescue the Israelites from a very evil man who wanted to kill all the Jewish people off. God did not just limit her to what the label was that people gave her, but gave her a job that was huge and so significant. Our next two people we're going to look at together are Peter and John. So technically we're looking at seven people, but these ones go together. Now, these were disciples of Jesus and they spent time with Jesus. They were people who had learnt from him, saw him do amazing miracles. But if we have a look in Acts verse. Chapter 4, verse 13, which is after they've spent all this time with Jesus and been his disciple, we find out how they were labelled by people. 
They were labelled as ordinary men of no education. Ordinary men. Typical, average, ordinary men. But what did God think of them? He picked them out for Jesus to spend time with. And not only that, but he gave them important roles in going and telling the world about Jesus. And we are all here today in part because they did what God called them to. They weren't limited by their labels and instead stepped out into what God said about them. Our next person we're going to look at is Paul. And this is the Apostle Paul that we read about in the New Testament and who wrote lots of the books in the New Testament for us as well. And in Philippians chapter 3, Paul gives us a list of some of his labels. And there are other books and there are other places where he gives us labels as well. He likes to tell us a bit about himself, Paul, which is very helpful. And in Philippians 3, he tells us that he's a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. He's a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, a Pharisee, obeying the laws, uh, the Jewish laws, that he was zealous, he says, and a persecutor of the church. But in 1 Timothy 1 verse 15, he gives us a label that sounds bad. So he's kind of the opposite to Esther. He gives us, gives us what he labels himself. And he says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. That's the label he wore. And he said he's happy to wear that. Paul was okay with being the worst of all sinners because then it showed that God was able to forgive even the worst of people and not just forgive them, but then he had a plan for them and a purpose for them and could use them to do mighty things. So in spite of Paul's label, God used him anyway. And I don't mean used in a bad way, obviously. Used in a beautiful way to share Jesus with the Gentile people, the people who were not Jewish. And our last person that we're going to have a look at today is David. So this is David of the Old Testament. David who killed Goliath. And we find him... For this particular part, I'm going to talk about at a time when we had King Saul. And King Saul um, was being a bit dodgy. He was not being the king God wanted him to be. And so God said, I'm going to choose someone else and anoint them as king. And he didn't take over as king straight away. But the story is that God wanted to appoint a new king. And so he sent a prophet again. That's a man who, a person who hears from God and gives that message to others. So he sent the prophet Samuel to a man named Jesse. Jesse had eight sons, and he invited them to go and do a sacrifice, and that was where he was going to choose the person, or God was going to choose the person and tell Samuel who it was who was going to be king. And so at the sacrifice, Jesse has each son that is there pass in front of him, and each time God says, no, that's not the person that I've picked until they've all gone. And then Samuel has to say to Jesse, do you have any other sons? And Jesse says, yeah, I do. I've got the youngest. He's out in the field with the sheep. David was labeled by his dad as unimportant, not valued. He was overlooked by his own dad in this situation didn't even go to the sacrifice. He was meant to be there. They were all invited to come. And Jesse didn't even invite him. 
And I want to pause for a second to say, sometimes it's the people closest to us, sometimes it's our family who give us the labels that stick with us or can hurt us the most. But there's something important in this story that we all need to know and we need to remember, and it is this. This is what... it didn't work. This is what... um, Could you click to the next slide for me, please? This is what God says to Samuel as one of the sons comes past. He said, God said, I do not judge as people judge. They look at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart. And it's a little bit like my boxes that have labels. These two, they look pretty good. This one sounds particularly good if you like chocolate. However, inside, it's just empty chocolate packets. It sounded, it sounds and looks better than it actually turned out to be. And my new iPhones in the pretty box are instead broken old phones, which are not that useful. And it made me stop and think about, we have a lot of social media now. People look great on the outside. People say a lot of great things about themselves and can have a particular look about themselves these days, and it's very easy for them to do, but inside, a lot of them are broken. A lot of them are not what they say they are. And then we have my old squashed shoebox with holes in it, useless items, a bit like David. God, his dad said about him pretty much that he was use, useful for the sheep, but not useful to come to the sacrifice. But God saw inside, and inside was where he had value. Inside was where he had something to offer. Inside was where God had placed in him something of value to bless other people. So a little bit more of my story for you. I became a Christian at about the age of four. And my parents are Christians, first-generation Christians, And um, they taught me to read the Bible. They taught me to pray until I could do that for myself. And I remember at some point in time wanting to know God more and asking him to help me to know him more. And I also remember asking him to help me not be shy anymore because I didn't want to be limited by that. And so he helped me step out. I started going to our youth, youth group on a Friday night. I went to our youth services um, on a Sunday night, which was out of my comfort zone. I started to lead kids' ministry and youth ministry. I went on the worship team um, and started to slowly step out of that label that I had had. I married Nathan in 2004, which was also really... Probably one of those things that I thought, may not get married. Shy people need to talk to someone in order to get married. Maybe I won't do that. Um, But God had had a hand in that, I believe, as well. In 2002, I started to go to university to become a teacher. And I went there because that's where I felt that God had called me to go and had it confirmed through a number of people. And I didn't go because I thought, I'm going to be a great teacher. I went because I thought that's what God wanted, and I hated university. 
But in 2006, I started teaching kindergarten at Tower Street Public School, and I did love doing that. And now if I look back um, to what I was like as a child, I would not have picked that out for myself. And today I'm still teaching and I'm a learning support teacher. I get to help kids learn how to read in particular. That's my main thing I do, which is a skill that's so important. And they often come to me not able to read either much or anything. And I get to have an impact on their life. In my role, I have to speak to all the other staff members. Teachers were terrifying as a child. And now I sit in meetings with the principal and the executive staff and have to share things with them and talk and give my thoughts around different students. And as I said, that's not something I would have picked out for myself. I wouldn't have even thought that that was a possibility when I was younger. I've spoken at church often over the last 20 years. I started leading worship here last year, which is still something out of my comfort zone, but something that I can do that God is helping me with. I went to um, Cambodia in 2019. I got to meet our kids at our centre and some of the families. Again, far out of my comfort zone and something I wouldn't have imagined I could do as a very shy child. And now I have the privilege of speaking to each one of you. I now feel like that child that I was as a, a young child wanting an adventure and wanting to do something significant, I feel like I get to live that out now. And I don't believe that God is finished with me yet. And I believe that there is more that he has for me as I continue to trust him and step out. And there is a verse in Ephesians that I think we all need to keep in mind as well as we think about our labels and we think about what God wants to do in our life. And that is, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. It says, now to him, so now to God, who is able. We have a God who is able to do. He is powerful. And he can do immeasurably more. It cannot be measured what God can do in our life and in the lives of others. And he can do more than we ask, but he can also do more than the things we can even imagine, which I have seen him do. And how does that happen? It's not about us, but it's according to the, his power that works in us. It's like this box didn't put chocolates in itself. It was put there by someone else. And God puts in us what he wants us to have and need in order to do the things that he's called us to. And I believe that today, it doesn't matter what your label was, that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And he is not limited by your labels. And you are not limited by the labels that others have given you. And the labels that we've seen this morning, just from those six people, are not important or weak. Too young, which we could also equally put in, too old. Just being a particular label, this is all I am like Esther, who was beautiful, being ordinary, uneducated, too bad or sinful, or not seen or valued even by family. None of those things limit God in what he wants to do in our life if we let him do that. Now, I shared a very similar message to this at our youth camp just over a week ago now. And I believe that the youth 
the children and any generation that follows behind you needs to hear your story of what God's done in your life. They need to know that you can break free from the labels that you have been given, that God can do amazingly, abundantly, immeasurably more than all we ask, think, or imagine. So I encourage you this morning, if you have labels still on you, don't keep those there and be limited. Instead, step out. And if you have a story like mine where God has changed you and God is using you regardless of what other people labeled you or you labeled yourself when you were younger, share those stories because there is a generation and generations to follow who need to know that God is real and God is powerful and society labels people so strongly today. Everybody has a label about something. They need to know that they are not the labels that matter. So very quickly, let's have a look at and be very practical. What do we do about the labels that we've got? Well, the first thing we need to do is to recognize that we have labels and to know what those labels are. The second is to check our heart. If God is looking at our heart, we need to be ready for him to look at our heart. And when he looks, we want him to see a heart that's ready for him. The first step in that is to become a Christian and to go to him and say, I'm sorry for my wrongdoing. I'm sorry for living life without you. Please forgive me. I want to follow you. That's the first step. If you haven't done that this morning, I encourage you to talk to someone, talk to one of our prayer team who will be up here. Another thing we can do if you're already a Christian is to make sure any deliberate disobedience, any wrongdoing that you've got that causes you to have distance between you and God, not from his side but from ours, often impacts our relationship. Take that to him and say sorry. And fill your mind with things that are good is important as well to keep our hearts pure. The next thing, we need to know um, what God says about you. Oops, sorry. Know what God says about us. And that is go to the Bible. Read what the Bible says. Find the verses that talk about who you are. Do devotions, Bible studies, come to church. Have your ears ready to hear what does God say about you that overrules those labels. Then we need to step out in faith because God wants us to be faithful just like we've talked about this year. Step out in faith. My story has been lots of stepping out in faith. Sometimes they're bigger steps, but more often than not, God just gets me to take little steps every day of stepping out away from those things that I have believed about myself into what he wants and says about me instead. And it's the same for all those, those seven people we looked at from the Bible. They all had to step out at some point and to trust God. And the final thing we get to do is that we get to watch what God does. We get to stand back and go, oh my goodness, God, that is amazing what you've done. Gideon got to watch it. David got to watch it. They all got to watch as they stepped away from what they thought of themselves or other people said into what God said and to trust him and then have a testimony of this is what God did. So today, what is it that you need to do in order to step away from your labels, in order to step out and become the man or the woman that God has created you to be? We're going to spend some time in worship and encourage you to um, reflect on this and think about it and, 
and ask God, what is it you want me to do? What is it I need to do to become who you want me to be? And we'll have the prayer team up the front and they'll be there to pray with you and encourage you and to stand alongside you in this journey. We're not supposed to do this on our own. And for those who are joining us online, if you would like prayer this morning, press the request here button and then someone will be online to pray with you. So I invite the team forward. And as I said, encourage you to just reflect on who has God made you to be and invite the prayer team forward as well and come forward, get some prayer and let's be people who step out and trust God and don't be limited by those labels anymore. Thanks so much for checking out this message. LifeGate Church has people meeting in person and online in many different locations and we'd love to help you get connected. My name's Andrew and I lead our online team here at LifeGate Church and it's our job to do exactly that. We'd love to help you find community, get support and prayer and take your next step. So why don't you connect with us and take your next step at lifegate.org.au and click the next step button.